Hello, 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 guys. Welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast. This is Radhik Kapadia. Uh, uh, as we promised, we are back with part two of the discussion we started in the last episode uh, with our UPSC. Asp- uh, I always say from aspirants to graduates, and now I, I would say probably a step closer than where we were two weeks ago to ser- uh, ser- being serving officers. Um, this yes, Mind Podcast has completed 300 episodes. So this is the 300th episode. So I wanted to do a special two-part series where we focus just uh, on this and not like just talk about our daily, weekly news and uh, bore you guys with it. There is a news podcast uh, coming up in the next couple of days that I'm going to record. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But this one is going to be a continuation from where we left off, and I'm four fantastic panelists, um, graduates, aspirants, and uh, would-be officers with me. So with me is Rajat Ubaikar, uh, Karthik Shrotriya, uh, Vasu Jain, and Saloni Verma. Welcome to my podcast, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank, Thank you so much. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll go one by one uh, and, and give you guys like you know, introduce you guys and just give you guys to make some some sort of an introductory comment then about your journey. What has it been to UPSC? Now you can say that it's finally reached its culmination stage as you guys are probably there, right? You guys are not waiting. right? So I'll start with you, Karthik, first. Um, we were just talking before offline. I mean, you've uh, you've been on the commerce side in Delhi College and Ram, in Ramjas College and stuff. So from there to administration, right? Has it been like, did the uh, uh, did the thoughts seeded itself when you were in uh, in your brains when you were in Delhi University, or did your brains work over time beyond Delhi University and you're like, "Mujhe ab ye karna hai." So in my case, that was a pretty clear cut. I'm, I'm, let's say the cookie cutter example of how bureaucrat kids turn out. <laughs> that they usually see their parents working in bureaucracy. They think that's a good idea. And then they try and follow into their footsteps. So that is what happened with me. My father was in the police department in Madhya Pradesh. Hmm. So I thought this is, my father seems like a very hardworking yet very happy guy. This must be something that would give my life pleasure as well. So I thought, why not try it? And thankfully, it worked out as well. Lovely. Uh, so you, 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 you are the only one I've talked to and stuff who's given me a cookie cutter sort of uh, example, which is fascinating because you would almost like this. This example would probably be like 20, 25 years ago. It would probably be seen in the top four cities of India, Delhi. Mumbai, Calcutta, Chennai and stuff like, right? You said you are from Bhopal and now you're seeing that in Bhopal, in, you know, in, I'll, I will just, I'll give example. I was talking to one I was based in Vadodara, Gujarat, right? So you are seeing that beyond the top four sort of metros now, uh, people are taking up more and more people are taking up UPSC and, you know, uh, uh, not only are they taking up UPSC there, you went to Delhi to study and stuff like that. So you're having almost that Western sort of experience where you're not going to the college inside your hometown absolutely and i think there are like two things to be said about that one is the provincialization of the bureaucracy as it is called more and more people are coming up from tier three and tier four cities places that nobody has ever heard about there was there used to be at some point of time a monopoly of saint stephen's college in producing ias and ifs officers that clearly does not seem to be the case anymore yeah, yeah. And so uh, similarly, my education back, my educational background took me to Delhi and that was just a slight help into the ideas that I already had. So of course, definitely a generational shift at this point. 
fascinating fascinating um viewers of mind podcast would know my uh, my good friend uh, sunanda always uh, is a saint stephen's alumna as well so she would always do a big whoop when someone said saint stephen's so i had to do a throwback to her uh, uh, rajat uh, going coming to you next and i'm then coming to saloni like what has the journey been for you you are a fellow engineer uh, you know and from engineering to uh, uh, engineering to Uh, bureaucracy it's it's not a traditional route but as i learned on the last episode a lot of a lot more engineers are going into administration yeah i mean uh, i suppose the proportion of engineers is quite high even in our batch mm. so i won't say mine is a, an unusual case in any way mm. but uh, yeah i mean as far as my personal motivations go i was not uh, particularly interested in appearing for the upsc when i was in college for instance uh it was only later that uh, i made up my mind uh, that diplomacy is something that uh, offers me the kind of work satisfaction and the kind of exposure that very few other jobs can and that led me to prepare for upsc after a series of other jobs in uh, various fields and yeah so that's what led me here in the first place fascinating fascinating what about you saloni you've come from a literature background as we were discussing so uh, i am always curious because this is one exam where you don't you actually think about it while you are in the academic uh, uh, thing unlike most other entrance exams in india where we are we have to think in the 11th and 12th standard about what we want to do like i i have given the uh, iit exam unsuccessfully and aiee exam successfully so i i am familiar with what it means to be and i can tell you and the only thing i wanted to know was i wanted to be an engineer which i still am but many people were not did not have that you know option or thing so from the literature background to bureaucracy how how is that journey um i'm glad you spoke about school because uh, that's where the so called journey very grand word but uh, that's where it begins in the sense that i was also a science student till 12th grade the path was cut i had biology so becoming a doctor was what was well let's say in some ways um, a set path so to say which is what most indian kids do with biology in 12th grade but i was very certain that i really want a career in which whatever i do is very it's impacted by what's happening around me every day in a very social or a contemporary sense but i wasn't sure of the bureaucracy back then um i knew maybe law or journalism civil services these three four options were hovering in my mind which is why i shifted to literature because i think um, other than the fact that there were logistical issues obviously in choosing let's say a subject like political science which i wanted to a little more i think literature really brings together the best of almost all disciplines it's really like a melting pot in many ways and i thought perhaps that would help me understand a little more as to where exactly i want to channelize my energy into and um, by the time to third year i took the plunge and well here i am but yes. yeah that's exactly how it began yeah absolutely fascinating so vasu coming to you uh, uh from law, from law to bureaucracy is a course that many uh, somehow you know from from studying the laws to writing the laws right that's the that's the cliched joke that a lot of people <laughs> make or to assist in writing the laws i i i don't want to second guess here uh is that a clear journey for you because i i have spoken to nishab many times about this and she said that she she claims that it it would be the same if she was in any other profession as well it's not like law impacted that or something but maybe you tend to read more uh, about the finer sort of details 
so i would say lord certainly had an impact on this uh, my primary purpose to take law was to have was to develop the leadership skills because if i when i was in 11th and 12th hmm. i saw the leaders around in the world in, in india hmm. most of them had one thing in common and that was law that leadership skill was uh, one of the prime motive and the same thing is there in in a civil uh, in a civil servant so i would say that law had a great impact on that secondly uh, while we were reading laws while we were reading law syllabus in law school there were certain instances wherein we felt that uh, we can be a part of it we can be a drafter we can we can have we can have put in our ideas in this way or that way or we could have done it in that manner hmm. and those deliberations with the batchmates with the uh, with the faculty members that really uh, pushed us uh, to to some policy in, into some pol- policy thinking hmm. so these were some of the factors which pushed me into law which are specifically with, uh, with respect to law otherwise there were other reasons also like the family uh, family aspirations my personal goals so th- those were there but i would certainly say that, say that that law had a great impact uh and and my journey you know like absolutely what you said family aspirations and i'm i'm sure this journey is not all just your own alone you know the cliche goes it takes a village to raise a child it probably takes a, a an entire family to send a kid to where you guys are all, all there right it's it's probably a bunch of sacrifices so if if i were to ask you right what has been the most challenging part of your journey i know the academics and everything has been challenging no doubt about that i mean personally to you what was the uh, the toughest part so far and what was the most amusing part and any of you guys can first take the question kartik rajat anyone and then basu saloni and anyone so if i could yeah okay. go on go on kartik i should not have said anyone kartik you go for <laughs> because i knew this would happen <laughs> so my mind was a fear of the known i for the longest period of time i had known that this was what i would what i wanted to do for my life hmm. and once the opportunity had presented itself once i could really attempt this examination the sheer enormity of what all i was supposed to do and how i was supposed to prepare how it was supposed to look like for an aspirant to become an officer that became all too real for me so that was the first struggle to have a reality check of sorts even before one has jumped into the preparation then of course there are constant doubts about whether it's even humane to have a, a, an attention span of about 8 hours every single day to be able to study for that long to be not social around people for that long to not talk to anybody because that is something that is a competitive advantage at this point of time so th- those are those are some of the initial struggles that usually people go through fascinating fascinating um what about you rajat yeah for me i think was well, it was just maintaining that emotional resilience you know where you try to stick to your goals day to day and mm. you do not think about the future too much it is difficult to do in a reality it's easier to say like even now i tell most people like the only way to like really clear this exam is to only live in the present not to dwell on the past or to dream about the future or even you know worry about the future because all anxiety that comes comes usually from the past or the future it's in the present it's be, it's in being mindful of your mo- the moment you have at hand uh, so that's easier said than done and i think that was the biggest challenge of implementing it uh, in your day to day life 
I can completely imagine. And 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 then especially when someone comes to you and gives you advice, पहले तो the first reaction is दो चमाट मार दूँगा इसको. Does he or she know what I'm going through before giving me advice, right? So it's it's that frustration. But if I ask you, Saloni, what was in in your journey, right? What was probably the most humorous uh, thing that you faced apart from the challenges, right? Because uh, 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 and and like when I talk to people, it'll it'll be like uh, suddenly uh, uh, for many people like post UPSC, they uh, the same people talk to them very differently, and then pre UPSC, it's like they want to give them advice every four minutes they talk to them. Um. Well, forgive me if my uh, conception of humor is not as humorous because I think the exam does that to you after a while. But for me, what was funny on a very personal level was how I did things which, you know, I would always laugh at. Mm. So a lot of people around me in college would say, you know, time is money and mm. you cannot afford to waste time in life. But life is a race, and I would always laugh at them and be like, no, life is meant to be enjoyed. And I would have a little bit of a hedonistic attitude towards it. And I remember sometimes deep into preparation, I would look at myself and laugh and look at you. What has happened to you? And in a very dark way, that would be humorous to me. Just um, yeah. doing things which I never thought I would, you know, like like Karthik Perry rightly said, cutting yourself off socially. And I chose to find humor in that because that's what got me going. I apologize if this does not fit the standards oh, no. of perhaps that um, one would perhaps conventionally associate. But yeah, just seeing myself and how much I changed that was funny in a very twisted way for me. If I could put it like that, there there is only one thing that's consistent about humor that I mentioned in the previous podcast also that it's tragedy times the factor of time. So <laughs> all of us are some sort of going through some tragedy. Five years from now, we're going to laugh at it very, uh, you know, and think that what what are we thinking? Like life could end today, and God knows what. And yeah. you guys probably face that uh, at a more regular basis while you're going through the preparation procedure. Oh my God! Am I, you know? So Vasu, does that happen like, when you are talking to your peers? When you are talking, especially for preparations, you are like, "Yar, ye to maine kiya hi nahi." I mean, I did not know. What am I going to do now? So this is a very, uh, very frequent phenomenon which happens to most of us. He, when we talk to, so if we are talking to the people who are preparing for civil services, yeah. then generally it's like, "Oh, you have read this, you have read that, you have re- completed that." Maine nahi kara. I, I, I will do that. So that thing. Are I have missed that. That thing is there. And when we are talking outside the UPSC circle, it's like they are doing something. They are earning something. They are party. And then we are still like, "Achanai, but we will be completing election day today." You go, <laughs> you go to your, you go to the track. We will be completing this book. So those things are there. But it's, it's upon you how you balance and how you maintain things. Uh, it's not that you can have uh, best of both the worlds. Of course. Uh, at that time, we. Uh, You you make a plan, you make a schedule, and then according to to your schedule you work. You you do not uh, just go by 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 your formal attitude, by formal emotions, and leave aside your schedule. Fascinating, fascinating. Now I'm coming to a very uh, important yet interesting point of that you guys all say, and uh, this is one question that I wanted to uh, sort of ask in both the podcasts I've done was the interview. because that is really that's only 20% of your main exams but that somehow is what separates uh, many in many times right so what is interesting for me is 
um, the interview, the process itself, mentally, I it cannot have been easy going to. I mean, it's intimidating, right? It's your career, your years of preparation, and everything is on the line. So, did you did you go into the interview with a very confident attitude, and somehow came back more like, oh my God, I shouldn't have been this, or did you go with a very sort of I'll slowly, softly ease myself in, and found yourself like asserting yourself and almost questioning the examiners. examiners. I could take that actually. If that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so I think the trap with the interview is that um, it is perhaps the most individual stage, so to say. Yeah. Whoever you are is right there in front, and you cannot. I mean, of course, you can still fake it in life, at least to some degree. But I think this is the stage where you can least um, fake it. You know, you're feeling like you've said something really silly, and it's going to flash across your eyes. So just the vulnerability, you know, that the interview subjects you to had me really nervous. So going in, um, I was all, I mean, I was certain that, okay, you know what, I'm going to do well, I have practice, etc. But I thought, oh God, what if like they can see the flicker of fear in my eye? And I was so conscious about each and everything I was doing. So that was the attitude. It's almost like someone is scrutinizing each and everything of you. Very dehumanizing in some ways, but uh, I suppose it's the process one puts themselves through. And yeah, I mean, that was the mindset. Thankfully, it went much better than anticipated. And one thing I have learned about interviews since then is that just expect nothing. I think it doesn't ever go the way you think it will. I mean, that's what I have learned. So it was quite a fun and fascinating process that way. Yeah. You're the only one to tell it me it's a fun process. Many others <laughs> say we were horrified and terrified with the prospect, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. I thought it would be horrifying. Maybe that's why it was fun. Perhaps but, reverse <laughs> works that way. Perhaps. Yeah. Anyone of you guys, Vasu, Rajat, Karthik, anyone, whoever wants to take it next, what about your interviews? So, so Adit, Adit, I don't think interview can be horrifying. I think it's just a conversation you're having with them. So no, I just I, went with the mindset that huh. we are having, we are like we are having this conversation a, a bit, a uh, little more formal, a uh, little more, little more serious and more academic conversation yeah. with more intellectual, uh, more intellectual in a way, like more accomplished people, yeah. like they are, uh, they are highly uh, qualified people so that conversation we would be having them on basically academic topics so that was the that is the attitude and that was the thing which was told to me that go with that mindset just having a conversation with them and uh, generally uh, i think we generally enjoy the conversation ha huh? sometimes we are nervous we are anxious because lot, a lot is uh, at stake but i think we when we have ended preparing for this, when we have uh, written pre and main, we, we have written main, we tend to enjoy the last process. Ki ha, most of the things have been done. Now it's just the mm. last leg and let's do it. We, like, we are going to meet the UPSC people for the first time in this journey. Mm. So, uh, no, no, the, the reason I use the word horrifying is not for the interview itself, it's just the anticipation of what might happen. When once you are there, then then things ease in very easily. So, uh, Rajat and Karthik, is your experience the same? Uh, or did you have uh, did you have that mindset that matlab I'll go in with a sort of an aggressive thing and almost sort of uh, counter-question them if they are questioning you too hard? Because that is also an approach one can take, right? That when you are sort of pushed with many questions, you come out all guns firing. Uh, uh, in my, I have had two interview experiences at this point of time. First one was absolutely deadly terrifying. 
at at that point of time all the anticipation everything that one could think of that it would go wrong this is all going wrong no matter how much preparation one has done that would happen and that would and my mind was so tensed that it relaxed itself irrespective of anything that was happening <laughs> it it simply gave up yeah. and that led to possibly the best interview experience that one could have had because i was finally not worried about anything and my personality was really out in the open the second time around i had realized that by mistake i had struck the nerve of the process to do the best that you can and to try and worry as little as possible about mm. it it's easy, very very easier said than done but once you get hold of the fact that there is nothing to be nervous about those are people that they are willing to engage with you they are the one who are supposed to select the working mechanism of the government of india they are the ones with the responsibility you're the one with just a little bit of hard work and performance it becomes a bit easier and i think that is how both of those went fascinating fascinating um raj a similar experience or did you feel like you could uh, or did you come out or any of you guys did you come out first rajat and then you know anyone after him like did you come out saying that regretting that are ek do you know sawal we could have answered a little differently we could have you know does do you do double back a lot and think a lot so for me personally like interview the process of interview process was the most fun experience of the entire process because you don't have to write for long you know the mains exam is so grueling your your hands start hurting your fingers are swollen you know it's a, ter- a terrible process overall but interview there is nothing much to do apart from you know just uh, just work on all the hobbies that you mentioned in the daf you know so i had fun doing that i read all the books i wanted to read forever i you know i worked on uh, whatever myself and all you have to do is you have to be yourself you have to uh, be as natural as possible at the same time you have to be respectful so i don't think a you know a counter questioning sort of strategy is uh, wise in the case of upsc because they are often very very senior bureaucrats and officials who know way more than we can even imagine so i went with the attitude that i should be humble i should be respectful and i should be myself and uh, that's what worked for me i think this time and uh, i did not have any regrets uh, later either when uh, you know i had to when i thought whether i should have answered some question differently and so on but uh, you know i mean for me you know the entire interview experience is encapsulated in that moment when you exit the interview hall uh, and when you are uh, that's the moment when you realize whether you've done well or not for me i was beaming from end you know my i was smiling so hard when i, when I exited and i knew i had done decently so for me like the interview is from again it's the most fun part of the entire process Nice. very nice uh you know here is here is the funny thing though right like when we when we talk about when we talk about interviews and things like that that you uh, uh people somehow for, people forget that it's not just just the interview itself right it is essentially just a job interview right now it is tied to an exam so that it's a higher stakes job interview but if you if you say you are interviewing for a position that you're going to get in two or three months from now so you and if you're going for a job interview how many people are going to go and fight with their employer saying let me tell you what you are doing wrong <laughs> i'll i'll tell you what so it's similar like confrontational uh, attitude doesn't work in job interviews as well 
Uh, what I find fascinating and uh, what Rajat said is actually a very engineering response that he, his hand was hurting writing the paper. I've only heard engineers tell me that about UPSC papers. So lawyers, English literature folks, they're used to writing long papers in their exams. <laughs> we engineers are only used to doing calculations and um, uh, things. So it's, it's, it's that, that also is that, that is also is an attitudinal change that people have to make from their profession that now we have to go from uh, sort of uh, writing different kind of examinations to a, uh, you know, learning a little bit about history, things like that. So for Vasu, you and Saloni, I mean, either of you can take this question first and then I'll come to Rajat and Karthik. Did your perspectives change about certain issues regarding India, regarding um, certain subjects while you were studying from it, while you were studying during it? Uh, so, uh, yes, Saloni, please go. Okay, um, I think the first thing which I learned very prominently is that I genuinely know nothing. I think just studying about these subjects, sure, one has some idea or the other about what is happening in the country and what isn't. But I think the fact that the exam and studying for it made me understand so many more issues in greater depth was the first most important part. But see differently, I think every time I would be studying, I would just inadvertently be drawn to the fact that perhaps a few years from now, if I'm lucky enough, yeah. I will be in a position where I have to take crucial decisions, decisions which affect this issue, decisions which affect so many people involved. And that's when I progressed from being, let's say, just a spectator who is either critiquing or appreciating whatever is being done from a from an academic perspective from or from an ethical perspective to looking at issues and understanding and appreciating their complexity and realizing that when perhaps when you have to take those decisions, what are the dilemmas that come into play? And it's really not easy. So I think for me, each and every issue, I can be it poverty, be it um, human trafficking, anything at all, I realize nothing is black and white. That was my biggest takeaway that all of these things operate in big gray zones. And it's really not going to be easy. And, and, and especially when we are all in college, we love to think of every issue Absolutely. as black and white and how we are always right and everyone else and is always wrong. we think we're going to change the world. So <laughs> that attitude really came like down uh, gladly. So, so that was my biggest takeaway. I, I always joke that if someone were to replay the positions I had five years ago or six years ago, then I would call myself a fraud for what i believed in so and and that positions only change the more you learn, the more you read the more you study and the more people you talk to so, yes. pardon me i'm so sorry okay no, I no, no, no. absolutely <laughs> i completely understand completely understand uh, we'll, we'll 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 start with uh, we'll start with uh, we'll start with uh, vasu vasu yeah uh, so i agree with uh, whatever saloni said uh, firstly that we don't we know nothing and secondly that so when we are criticizing, so earlier when, when we used to criticize, we used, we used to criticize for the sake of criticism. Mm. Now when we are criticizing, we, we are not just criticizing, we want to see the other side other side also. What can be done for that criticism? If something is wrong, what else could, what what is the other option available to that? In addition to that, one a major, a major change which I saw in myself was that earlier when I was uh, looking at any issue, I used to look at it from legal perspective, majorly from legal perspective. May it be any social issue, economic issue, or any other issue. The dominant lens was the legal lens. But when I started preparing, when I started analyzing things in civil services, I uh, I realized that legal is just a part of the system, or legal is just one aspect of it. There could be multiple multiple dimensions, multiple perspective to, perspective to any situation, and that uh, I would say really 
help me to broaden my perspective and broaden my horizon so this was one cha- one major change which i noticed in my uh, in myself absolutely absolutely and and it's it's a fascinating sort of perspective right because uh, because you don't think you are capable of recognizing this broader perspective when you were in uh, college and things like that but suddenly in this journey you you have uh, done that right so uh, what about you rajat do you do you do you echo some similar sentiments or do you think that there that this all this is somehow in our brains like in 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 within us while we are studying maybe in school but maybe it takes the college or the study to enhance those thoughts out yeah i mean upsc preparation has changed me in more ways than i can really count it has uh, you know when you say come out of an engineering background or so on your perspective is so limited say you don't know so much it's just yeah. your knowledge is very very limited and upsc really showed me how much there is to learn in this world like that knowledge is endless you know and especially about india the india's polity i had never really studied the constitution or anything like that and uh, it really helped me gain an appreciation of uh, india itself you know the fact that it exists and continues to run uh, it's just mind boggling and it's still continues to inspire awe in me so that is something that upsc gave me apart from that uh, you know i also was a journalist for some time so as a journalist you are train to look at things from a more critical lens you know that's mm-hmm. because that's what make good stories right. but uh, in upsc you like saloni mentioned you realize that there are pros cons there are so many constraints under which you know the real world operates beyond mm-hmm. you know the whatever idealistic world views that we often come out of with you know from college so uh, that's something that also i really learned during preparation yeah. uh, so yeah those would those would be the primary changes but it's it's changed me hugely right no no you you're absolutely right because for me like i i always say that to produce or to record one podcast episode i have to listen to at least four or five other podcasts that have completely no relation to my podcast completely coming from opposite political social economic beliefs than what i may believe in just to get the whole perspective because if i and, and even now i don't say that my positions are set in anything right like it's um about a couple of years ago i did a podcast over here with uh, so in houston we used to do a houston india conference with an airwise marshal right and he he's retired of course but he was a guest at guest speaker and when you do with an officer and when you do with a national security analyst you know the journalist or the columnist in you has to up- has to completely different approach and then you somehow sometimes see that sometimes serving officers do see things in much more sort of gray than an analyst would the convention would assume that an analyst would view at things at, as you know in uh, gray and the officer would do black and white so it's it's just an interesting perspective you gain yeah. the more you talk to and, and i think it's similar with upsc as well right yeah, it, it's the difference between you know being an analyst and being a practitioner so upsc yeah. trains you to be a practitioner and if, when you are practicing something you tend to you know have a more nuanced perspective of things and you know the ground realities of things so yeah, i suppose absolutely. that's really that's something upsc really ingrains in you yeah and 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 then you would you would then you know move past it because I, i i can completely agree that engineering certainly is focuses a lot more on black and white so i always say that you have to move a little bit beyond engineering to understand the grayness in matters Yes. So uh Karthik what about you? 
and then I'm coming to Vasu after. Uh, so I would say uh, one thing that is uh, you really understand the granularity of a topic mm-hmm. when everybody everybody thinks of a bigger picture and usually yeah. that picture isn't made up of many things. Mm-hmm. As you start pulling at each and every string as you're supposed to, as you're supposed to study all those different subjects and every different dimension of every single topic, mm-hmm. you really start understanding how important each and every single piece of a puzzle is. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, if you just think about hunger as a topic, uh, 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 an idea of hunger affecting international relations is, isn't something that is usually thought of. Mm-hmm. But those are things that you take into perspective. Those are things that you inculcate into policy. And those are all the things that require time and effort, mm-hmm. which brings to the second point, which is research. Mm-hmm. Doing a well bit of research over everything, as you pointed out, Adit, mm-hmm. that you would watch four podcasts completely unrelated. But that's still good research for your podcast hmm. is something that is extremely similar to the process that one has to do to study for this examination. Hmm. So both those things are linked to each other and is something that I that I think is going to be useful for the rest of my life to yeah. be really be able to dig in and dig out every single stuff. Absolutely. And one thing I'm going to warn you guys, like as we go to the last part of the podcast, the last 15 minutes, the last two minutes, I always ask for all my panelists to give book or show recommendations because that goes beyond politics, current affairs, anything. And so I'm giving you guys a good time to think. Uh, the, the the first panel will yell at me that I didn't give them more than three minutes to think, but I'm giving you guys the <laughs> 13 or 15 more minutes because it's uh, it's become a it's become a sort of a tradition that we have at Mind Podcast, and I like that tradition. That you know, just because you are talking about a book or something else that doesn't mean that's the only book you should read i think we should all broaden our perspectives and read a lot more uh, on that um, but vasu i want to come to you about another issue that we've we've we seldom focus on uh, when we talk about upsc I'm, I'm happy to say that we have focused on it in the last two podcasts is about mental health right the the mental fortitude that it takes i applaud all of you guys to give the exam and to sustain you know to keep studying for it to, to come, uh, and especially during COVID times. I mean, uh, you guys are will be the first COVID batch, so to speak, where um, uh, you guys had to give exams in masks. So not only were your uh, hands in, like aching and you guys were sweating, your, <laughs> your mouth and nose were covered with a mask as well while you were writing the exam. So it's, it's a challenge of its own, right? And then uh, getting the motivation to go and people... People forget what the uh, what a candidate is going through when they pose. So how do you address the challenge, right? Like right now, we are only talking to the success stories, if I may use that term. But there are 400,000 other people who did not clear or maybe like 100,000 others who've, uh, uh, who've cleared the, uh, you know, the first exams and then not gotten a chance to go to the interview and so forth. And for them, like this becomes even a tougher journey. Uh, because what do they what, how do they justify like the last two years of their lives to study so how do you how do you sort of address that issue vasu i was going to you first you're on mute i think uh vasu you're on mute uh, there. <laughs> so, uh, so i uh, <laughs> sorry sorry no. for this uh, i think that uh, one very major issue is with respect to when we uh, take pressure of the society, of the family, uh, of these things. So everyone comes with the mindset that, uh, or with the uh, 
aim that they would clear the exam in their first attempt with a very good with a single digit rank but that most of the time does not happen and we take then we take pressure from the family from the society that what will they think about us uh, so even if that is not the case we take that on ourselves and we forget forget to think that in 99% of the cases students aspirants are not able to clear it so it's okay if you are not able, not able to if you are not able to clear it if it's okay if you are not getting selected in the first attempt so we need to bring in that acceptance uh, first thing is that second uh, we need to work on uh, we need to see where we are lacking so most of the time if we introspect uh, if we sit down and uh, see our journey see our preparation we can find out the points which we need to work upon so for me like i knew in my first attempt my practice was not that much in my second attempt i knew i didn't have i didn't have that much of time for preparation hence my syllabus was not completed so i knew the points which i need to work upon so if i work on those aspects i think uh, we can matlab uh, we can improve on that so in that way mental mental stress or uh, that factor needs to be tackled adit you are on mute now I I I just joined. I walked right into that one, right? Didn't I? <laughs> I, I told Basir I was on mute. But um, no, I think um, when we talk about when we talk about issues about mental strength and stuff, right? Where do you do, did you did you guys have sort of a coping mechanism through it, right? If you heard someone talk nonsense to you, or sometimes because we are not we are not completely made of stone, it's impossible. for us not to get affected by small things here and there right so how do you deal with that anyone kartik rajat like how do you deal with okay. that and what what coping mechanism that you guys have right and what would your be your advice to fellow a lot of people who are going through this so i would i would say that it really helps to have a thick skin and a teflon back just let it slide off of you it's it's it it re- it really is water under the bridge people saying stuff to you stuff about you to other people really doesn't matter and that is both related to two things one if you really are successful then those are the first sort of people that would come keep coming back and the second one is just it's a generally good mental health practice to really minimize the amount of emotions or a reaction that your body might create to any sort of stimulus that is a being a bit stoic in life in general uh as uh, one usually can only control the way that one feels about things not the things that are happening to them mm-hmm. and that is especially true in upsc because the success rate is 0.01% yeah. everybody is going to fail by statistics yeah absolutely so why take that why take that personally it's it's normal it's all right it happens one no, but one i think it also comes comes from a very desi attitude we have towards failure as we look at it as some sort of a stigma like uh, uh, forgetting that people actually have to fail once just to know what they need to do to succeed you know what is what is failure right like in in you 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 need to know where you went wrong to go right you if you get it right then you just are the, uh, a god or are a very lucky person in life uh, so that, that's the thing right rajat is your experience the same that you just have to uh, pretty much cut out the rest of the world 
Oh uh, yeah, I mean you should definitely like I definitely try to cut off any people who exuded negativity. You don't need that in your life. Like why would you <laughs> why would you subject yourself to that? But at the same time like the one thing that you really require is belief in yourself, mm-hmm. conviction mm-hmm. in yourself and that is I think the biggest counter against mental health issues, you know, where it's self-doubt and all these things that crop up during the process. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I used to you know whenever i used to feel low or anything i would just drown myself in the work again in the sense i used to see what what it is that i have to do today and you know not think about okay what's going to happen not worry about that so that was my coping mechanism it was just to you know do that no, no. you know just try and finish agree and maybe talk to the people who are going through the same experience as you they'll have more to talk to like i i uh... i guess talking to your peers is takes so much more importance now than it especially during a pandemic that's like because um, i mean before the pandemic you were at least physically talking to people post pandemic everything was virtual so you know that becomes tougher but as we move to the closure i i think uh, uh, and as you guys know uh, unfortunately saloni was in a public area so she couldn't uh, you know she had to leave our uh, post certain but we really really appreciate her making making the time and making sure she came here uh, but as we move to the closure of the thing what is the next for all of you right because now slowly slowly you are getting your assignments uh, after the training you'll get this so if i if i were to ask you guys in 25 20 25 second nutshell sort of piece what would be the next perspective for you like what is the next part in the journey whoever wants to go first so oh, all right so <laughs> so the next Yeah. So, so if I if I begin in in about twenty seconds, the task now is to finally make oneself into the officer one always thought one could be. Mm-hmm. We were diligent in our work ethic when we were studying. Now it is time to be diligent in the actual work that we were studying for, mm-hmm. and that requires all sorts of tools and training that one can get their hands on. We have great institutions currently sitting in Lal Bahadur Shastri National Academy of Administration. starting our way onto that path mm-hmm. for me that would move on to the national police academy to start and finally learn about the criminal justice system and all the laws that run our country like the way it does mm-hmm. and how one can improve upon it and that's essentially it lovely lovely what about you vasu um i would say to to be like an officer to become like an officer Mm-hmm. and yet be grounded and understand the ground realities and the problems which the public are facing to so to develop that aptitude that and that attitude fascinating fascinating and 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 that 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 journey itself is going to be an interesting like one because you guys don't know which physical part of india you're going to be in yet and then of course you navigate through parts of india so that it's going to be it's going to be that as well discovering a new state discovering a new city the new people and so forth absolutely uh, what about you rajat yeah for me it's uh, since i am in the indian foreign service i am really looking forward to you know becoming a diplomat i still can't don't see myself as one but i hope to inculcate all the good traits of a diplomat i'm also really excited about the language training since i'm fond of learning new languages so mm-hmm. i'm really excited about that and yeah i'm uh, looking forward to seeing new places and in general just you know learning a lot about the world and india's place in it and how uh, we can further india's interests abroad 
maybe maybe we'll see you here sooner than we see the rest of you rajat <laughs> in this part of the world because we do we do um, talk to many foreign service officers here and it's been quite fascinating you know uh, getting to know their perspective and uh, sitting down and talking to them and in a more relaxed sort of environment you know about what it takes and so forth so it's it's um, it's been great but before we wrap up guys we have to do the tradition that we have about uh, uh, book recommendations or show recommendations anything you've seen watched heard so whoever wants to go first uh, so books that you've drawn like it it could it didn't have to be current books it can be books that you've drawn inspiration from read if really enjoyed can go back to anything or shows either way yeah so i'll i'll go first so, so who goes my, first why <laughs> no no rajat uh, volunteered uh, himself so <laughs> so yeah so my book recommendation would be this uh, fascinating book called murder at the mushaira so mm-hmm. i'm a huge fan of murder mysteries and who done it and so on so it's it's a fascinating book set in 1857 delhi just before the revolt breaks out mm-hmm. in which mirza ghalib is the detective Wow, and uh, he is the one who is solving the case. It's an amazingly well-researched historical fiction, come murder mystery. Mm-hmm. So that would be my one book recommendation. As far Was as the by... show, uh, it's by this guy called Raza Mir. I think I, may, I might be uh, missing the name, but it's called Murder at the Mushaira. And uh, yeah, and uh, my show recommendation would be this show yeah. called The Shield. It's called The Shield. Uh, it's a, a slightly old show from say 2005 or something. but it is hands down the best uh, police drama like cop drama that i've seen like yeah. a thriller uh, at the same time it reveals so much about uh, the policing system in the us mm. uh, it's a wonderfully made show and i you know it's one of the shows that has been the highlight of the last 2 3 years or whatever i watched so so we have the pers- we have the pros- uh, the the future diplomat recommending a police show so do we have the future ips recommending a dipl- show on diplomacy karthik or <laughs> book on diplomacy so i think a bit close it's going to go there because my book recommendation is 100 years of solitude by gabriel garcia marquez yeah uh, that was the that was the first time that i actually read someone weave out an entire civilization into a book right. and a life a life of a generation mm-hmm. and it was so beautifully written it really moved me right. the show recommendation would be succession oh. it's currently going on in hbo season 3 yeah. is on i won't want to give out any details just like start from episode 1 and i'm sure you'll be hooked that's from absolutely me. as you and you and i were sharing memes about it uh, <laughs> offline um vasu your recommendations so my book recommendation would be a self help book by charles tohick the power of habit so i read it just before my interview and i try to inculcate that in my routine some habits and how to change some habits so that that's a very nice book mm-hmm. uh for sure i do i have not watched much of shows so i won't have any recommendation on that mm-hmm. but for book i would recommend the power of habit lovely lovely my uh, since you mentioned uh, murder mystery rajat my recommendation would be a sort of a murder mystery called the silent patient it came out i think one i've read it yeah it's a fascinating book uh, yeah. with a some it's an old school murder mystery because uh, you could easily make it as a uh, a play and not even have to go yeah. out and make it like as in a full fledged movie i'm i'm a huge theater yeah. uh, uh, not it's a, it's a psychological thriller more of psychological a psychological thriller, thriller. right right 
Yeah, and I'm very sad that the COVID killed sort of the theaters for two years because I love watching plays. Uh, so uh, that, those would be my first recommendations. But uh, since I can't, I'm going to give a, a, so, a show recommendation um, that I watched uh, uh, lately called um, one one is a one is an American show that we finished watching uh, called it's it's a comedy show called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel set in the 70s. It's a fascinating mm. show, um, and the other is called Hacks. Both are about female comedians. And the third is an Indian show that I just watched. It's completely popcorn, completely over the top, but it's great fun to watch. Special Ops 1.5. Just watch. And it's like this It's like this bad Bollywood movie, thriller movie. I shouldn't say bad, but it's like this old school Bollywood thriller movie. I just watch it for KK Menon because I watch everything that he's in it. Because he's so good at whatever he does. But so those would be my recommendations. But um, any closing thoughts, guys? Thank you so much for your time. But any closing thoughts before we wrap this up? Well, uh, it's been great having all of you guys here. Uh, I'm I'm so glad you guys gave the time and uh, good luck on all your journey, your journey in the UPSC. And uh, you know, uh, hope to hear from you, hear you, and talk to you a lot more in the future. Thank you so much, guys, for joining. Thank you. Thank you for having. Thank me. you so much for the time. Thank, thank you, Saloni. As well, of course, I I, uh, I I thanked you on the message. I obviously can't uh, can't do right now on the live stream. But guys, please like, share, subscribe. Uh, uh, you know, follow their work, uh, encourage them, and I hope we see a lot of people in the comments writing to us how their journey inspired them and how they are going to you know uh, re with renewed vigor go for the UPSC exam again. Um, gives me great hope in India. So uh, when I see such fascinating ideas emanating, thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Thank you so much.